Fucking savages. Welcome to the Greg Medford Show. Greg here with you from Phoenix, Arizona. Man, it's been an interesting week. I traveled for a show. I launched a t-shirt. It was a bit edgy, and people lost their fucking minds. People have stopped thinking critically. They're afraid of everything. And the government's got us all pointing at each other, calling each other racists and bigots. While they've torn down our borders, flooded our country with drugs, locked us up, forced unreasonable vaccines that weren't properly vetted. And while doing all of that, at the end, it turns out we're all starting to shoot each other and they think we have a gun problem. They don't think we have a mental health care crisis. They don't think we have problems in our culture. Defund the police for two years, lock people up, throw Millions of doses of fentanyl in from our sworn enemy, China, through our broken border, Mexico. And what do you get? Children who haven't been social, they've been isolated, they've been alone, using drugs. Law enforcement crippled by funding, lack of resources and manpower to get things done, a border you can't control, and a press that won't report it because they're colluding in the demise of the great republic. I don't know what else to say, folks. That's it. Which is why I do the podcast. Which is why I talk to so many politicians. Which is why I'm so outspoken. So I did this shirt and everybody lost their mind and wanted to cancel me. Didn't even think about it. Didn't even know what the shirt was. But there were Chinese people in the shirt and they lost their shit. So... I guess the message of today is think. Shush a little bit and think. (laughs) Don't get so reactive to everything. Just calm down and think. And we'd all be better off. So in our ongoing effort to broaden our horizons and interests of the show, um, we have a guest in today who is a little outside of my normal wheelhouse. Rachel, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. How fun is that? That's nice. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if I can say your last name. Do you care? That's fine. All right. It's Rachel Lastman, and, and uh, she's from California. She's got an enterprise called Coins for Cops, and it's a nonprofit where you're doing good work. So let's hear about it. Yeah. I like that you were, use the word enterprise. Uh, it's a small production. I started it uh, exactly a year ago. Um and it was started because I saw um, how the media was treating police officers. Um, and then obviously the defund the police like you were talking about. And that was a huge problem. I actually just wrote a paper yesterday on that topic as well as the the gun issues that are happening right now, which I'll send to you because it hits on all the things that you talked about, which is great. It's crazy because we know what's going on in our country right mm-hmm. now. And they're talking about gun control. It's, we we know what's going on. There's not a mystery here. No, absolutely. And um, you know, they're they're we all know that their goal is to 
take the guns away from us and they'll do it by any means necessary. And so, like you were saying with the mental health, nobody's discussing that. It always goes to the guns. It always goes, oh, bad guns, guns are evil. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. And um, like I said, I, the amount of statistics I found yesterday. Um, so what's the article you were writing? I was writing it to send to senators. Um, I do tons of research. That's what I've always done. Um, and then consolidate it into something short so that people can read it. And so I send it to uh, a lot of the senators because I know they're in discussions right now about what they're doing. And, you know, they're talking about um, some, I don't think people realize how bad even some of the things they're discussing are. Because like, you know, they discuss, I think the, the big ones right now are, are moving up the, the age limit. So like when people are like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's just changing the age a little bit. Well, it does. It is a big deal because, you know, every change that they make allows the next change to be like on the table, right? So you take, give an inch, take another inch, take another inch. And it's um, worse than that because it, it yeah. makes them think they're doing something. But it still doesn't address the mental health care crisis. And they never will, nor does it address the fact that these schools uh, openly display that they're gun-free zones, uh, leaving all these people as targets. And that was a huge part of the paper I just wrote. Um, and there's a, a author named John Lott. He's also a president um, of... Oh, which company is it? Um, anyway, he found that 98% of these mass shootings are happening at gun-free zones. In fact, the three of the most, uh, you know, m notorious mass shooters all went to gun-free zones. And so it's very interesting with that. The red flag laws are, are awful. They are, they open the door for so much abuse. And this is the thing people say, well, well, you know, that's, you know, we got to do something. And I say, well, okay, I, I agree. We have to do something. And we, we have a problem with mass shootings. Absolutely, we do. No question about it. But I don't feel like we have a gun problem. I, I feel like we, we have a mental health problem. For sure. I, I feel like we have a failure to have a real discussion problem. And I feel like these problems are really solvable. But I was telling a woman the other day, I was having a discussion with her. And she said, well, it's ridiculous that an 18-year-old should be able to buy a firearm. I said, well, 18-year-olds allowed to go off to war. Mm -hmm. They can't buy a firearm, but they're okay to go to war. Now, the military is pretty clear that an 18 year old's not good with a firearm either that which is why they have so many rules and it's so structured and it's so strict they're concerned about it also yeah but the reality is when they change it to 21 which i think they're going to then what mm -hmm. they're if they don't take care of the problem yeah there's we're still going to have shootings yeah so then they're going to say 25 that's is my it point 40? yeah like where do you exactly where where is it when is it the right time to limit specified liberties mm -hmm. and not have legitimate conversations about the cause yeah and that's the thing you're exactly right it's all these are all very dangerous band-aids um that like you said don't address the problem at all you haven't stopped the bleeding if you will and um and that needs to be addressed so i mean there's a, there's a myriad of things they could do bringing in uh, security experts that know how to properly, I mean, there were so many, I, I don't want to get into the discussion of what just happened in, in the Texas shooting, but because we, we don't know totally yet, but it looks like know, but, there was, looks like there was leadership paralysis. It looks like they didn't do what everyone's trained to do. Not to mention even the teachers themselves. I mean, we could even get into a discussion on what the teachers failed to do as, mm -hmm. as well with no locked doors or doors open, or we don't know, or why there was no, um, 
I never heard about an intercom system where somebody said, hey, everybody lock your doors now, anything. So I don't know. I mean, we don't know if that happened or not. Um, but at the same time, like there were so many things that went wrong. We could learn from it so that it could help people in the future in terms of doing the right safety protocols, maybe having only a one door system. Here's the worst part. We yeah. already know the safety protocols. Yeah. We learned them at Columbine. Yeah. It's been policy for 20 years. In, in short, in, in, in light of anything else, go in and start shooting. Yeah. Go in and make the bad guys lose focus. Yeah. That's the, that's the job. And they clearly didn't do that. Let's get off that because I honestly, I feel like I'm, I get suckered into this discussion mm -hmm. and it now begins to rationalize stuff we've already done and not solving the problem can i make one thing? i am not blaming the teachers at all i don't know if that came out like no no, no it, said didn't. That. it didn't come that way okay i just want to say there was just there was a lot of things that went wrong so i apologize if that's how it came out i just it didn't kinda, come off that way okay no it did but, but my point to you is we already know <clears throat> mm -hmm. what teachers and schools should be doing yeah and we've already decided nationally at the law enforcement level they've known this for years yes. now and it still didn't happen. Yeah, I know. All yeah, of these policies saying. and these rules. What what stops mass shootings yeah. is stop the mental compression of Americans. Deal with the mental health care crisis. We are out there trying to um, put fingers in the dike, and there's a flood going on that we're not addressing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, what, that's why I, 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 I'm reticent to have the conversation about what went on at this school or that school or this agency yeah, or yeah, that yeah. age. That's whack-a-mole. Yeah. Yeah, they right. want us to play whack-a-mole so they can pat themselves on the back for upping the age, limiting our rights again, because mm -hmm. again. the next it'll be 26, then it'll be 40, and then it'll be gone. Yes. Why do we know that? Look at Australia. Look at Canada. Yeah. Look at England. You know, these are our sister countries. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Their goal is to take away anything that stops their ability to rule us. Mm -hmm. And the rights are there and shall not be infringed because the founding fathers knew this. Because mm -hmm. power corrupts and it is, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is happening right now. So, it's scary. Yeah. So for me, the good fight is about my citizens, not about guns. And how do I make my citizens more healthy? Yeah. And uh, that's the discussion I like to have when I jump into these. I'm like, all right. we. And the crazy part is the National Institute of Health, they know what's going on. They've got the data. No one's operating on that because it's not, it's not divisive. You can't get Democrats or Republicans. You get both Democrats both, yeah. and Republicans. Yeah. So it's not a win for you. Yeah, it's sad that it's, everything's been so political. It, it is really sad because the, the only people who... who um, you know, suffer from this are all of us. And mm -hmm. that's the thing. And, and that's what people don't, I think, are starting to come around and realize it. But at the beginning of this whole thing, they didn't realize that if they divide us, then we stop looking at them. We yep. only point fingers at each other. And when the real problem is what they're doing to our country right now, and like you said, with the border and everything, and the defunding of the police, I don't think many people know this, but it was so bad. And this is kind of why I started <clears throat> Coins for Cops. Um, is 40% mass exodus of early retirement from police, and I think 24% um, just left the profession. Um, it, it, that's astounding, and people don't realize mm -hmm. in these types of crafts, you know, law enforcement is a craft. Yeah. It is one that requires seniors, salty leadership, <laughs> yeah, and new people that you bring along through good example. When you... When you route what is by the numbers an amazingly professional, successful, and trustworthy group of people, 
of their senior cadre, yeah. what happens is a collapse. Yeah. And we're experiencing it now. Cops in Texas afraid to go into a school shooting? Why? Well, for two years they've been beat up. Probably their leaders, I don't know the department, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, many of their senior guys said, I don't want this job anymore and left. Because you, you, without leaders that are experienced, what do you get? Inaction. Inaction and not knowing the protocols properly enough to do them. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, there's such low recruitment coming in too. So there's yeah. not a lot of new people. So right. like I talk to, so a lot of the police departments that I go to, I end up talking to the the um, head staff or uh, the head chiefs, whatever. And they, um, and I always ask them, How, how's your recruitment? And it used to be, you know, one of them told me, oh, we used to get 70 a month. We had to turn people away because right. we can only take, you know, 50 or whatever. And now they say we get seven. Right. And of those, one is viable, you know, so it's really hard and people need to be concerned about this because our crime rates around the country are going up. And a lot of it has to do with not only policies in these these major cities, which is a whole nother topic, but there's just not enough police. Right. Um, I mean, in San Francisco, they have, uh, I think, around 2000 officers right now and i think they're down they normally should be around 3200 i mean that's a that's a heck of a lot yeah. of police that are not on and we know what's happening there and i i say san francisco because i i live in that area right now um and you guys just got uh tossed your bum da out of out of office yesterday right gascon's out and budin is out as well wait a minute gascon is out also i believe so i well no gascon he's he, oh wait he they're trying to sorry sorry they're yeah. trying to recall him i think oh you're right Budin, so Budin's, Budin's out, out. Yeah. uh san francisco no you're right gascon though they're trying to recall him right now yeah. and i think they have uh over a half a million signatures right now which is good um i mean the one that's been on the news lately is the um that lady who got hit by the the, yeah, by the her, un underage kid who had been let yeah, out Yeah, with early. her baby and then yeah. just got five months, I think, probation or something, which yeah. is horrible. And then he said he didn't know the details of the case. <laughs> well, then he lied and said first that the sheriff yeah, said... First said he the lied. <laughs> Law enforcement's behind me and they're like, uh, no, we're not. Yeah, yeah. There's sheriff down in L.A. who just did very well in the primaries, which is good because he's he's a fantastic sheriff. Um he yeah he came out and was like uh no you didn't so he had uh gascon had to walk it back yeah oh interesting so uh you started doing the coins thing tell me kind of the mechanics of how this works you, you're doing like challenge coins for police departments yeah so when this whole thing started i just wanted to be able to do something to boost morale in any way i could i mean it started with like just waving at police, smiling at them, giving them, you know, a handshake saying thank you. And I was like, I got to do so much more. It just feels, I, I just saw, you know, the the demeanor of the police go down during that time, especially during the, the, the morale. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah and, and everything. So um, I started thinking about it. What could I do? And it actually started, I was going to do like Starbucks gift cards, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, and I was like, no, I don't like, that seems impersonal. And like, I, I don't really like Starbucks personally. So I was like, no, that doesn't seem right. So I used to be a firefighter back in 2010-ish. Uh, <clears throat> and I was like, oh, what about challenge coins? So you, I, you were a firefighter? Yeah, for two years, yeah. Where, where'd you do that at? In Washington State. Uh, what, what department were you on, can you say? Uh, East County Fire Rescue. Cool, what'd you do? Uh, I was a volunteer firefighter, but I was in the same program as everybody. So... Um, I went through Academy and I did all the testing and we had to test all the time. 
<clears throat> so sorry. Um, and uh, Bobby, Bobby, it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's something in the room. <laughs> and <I got> um, <clears throat> it'll help. I like the root beer candies. Looks some, like some kind of hard candy. Um, okay, so. So you did the fire department thing. Oh, yeah, I did the fire department thing. So we worked with police then, and I knew we had the challenge coins then. That's kind of what gave me the idea for it. So I started calling around to different challenge coins companies because I didn't know how much it was going to cost. And I I wanted to keep the cost low enough that I could get more. Do you have any with you? Huh? Do you have any with you? I do, actually. It's in my purse, though. Is it down there? Yeah, go ahead. Grab it. Um, Do we still get? Okay. Did you just say oi? Yeah. <laughs> Did you like that? Mazel mazel. Yeah. <laughs> she, she said oi to get her purse. Oi. Yeah. Uh, I brought one. Yeah. Here it is. Cool. Let me see it. Um, so I found a company. Um, I found a company who who made them. I wanted American made. Um, that was my original goal. You can't get them. It's very hard. And they're also extremely expensive. There yeah. was no way I was going to be able to. These are. This is not made in the USA. No, I know. I know that. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I know. It's one thing that I'm sad about because, like, I, I really am very obviously pro um, supporting all American companies. Um, unfortunately, when you're doing kind of a nonprofit thing and you're trying to get as many officers as possible, I get it. cost becomes a, a, uh, a thing. Cost is the thing for everybody. That's I the know. Thing. And it is the thing. And it, and it is hard. And um, it would have been about quadruple the price. Well, the bad part is I've done a deep dive in challenge coins. Okay. Okay. And there is no one who will make this coin in the United States. Oh. There's one coin company. They will strike a coin. They won't do any of this enamel or cloisonne work or any of the Oh, polish. I see what you're saying. It, you can't get this coin made in the I US. I see what you're saying. Which is bizarre to me. Yeah. But, you know, that technology is all left the United States. It's a labor intensive. That product has yeah. got four cents of material in it. And it's got eight dollars worth of labor in it. Yeah, no, it and they this company did do a, a, a good job, and it, it's a nice quality oh, in yeah. terms of you know weight and and everything. I, and people really liked it. So I found this company, and um, they so I did the initial design, and they I did it that night and sent it out. So it was very quick. Once I decided I was going to do the challenge coin piece of it, it just went very quickly. And then as soon as I got them in, I just started going to departments. And that was kind of funny, too, because when I first started calling departments, um, they had no idea. Everybody thought I was a solicitor trying to get money from them. And I was I, I kept saying, you know, no, 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 this is a, uh, a thank you. This is an appreciation award. You can't really so say. You, so you just give them out to the cops? Yeah. So I call the departments and I say hey, who I am. I, I lead them to my website. So they know I'm not full of it. And I say, no, I really am just here to thank the police. There's no cost to, to any officer. And I, I have a handwritten thank you card. So it's a little package. And then I go deliver it to the police. I just, you know, and, and we what take they pictures. Do? They call them all together, line up, you shake their hands and hand the card. Yeah, basically. Tell them who I am, why I'm there. And then, um, yeah, and it's not all of them. It's whoever's available because, of, as you well know, on a police station, not everybody's and, all And then available. who pays for it? Uh, I do out of pocket or don't through donations and I've okay. had, yeah. So how do, how do people donate to your cause? They can go to coins for F O R cops with an S dot net. So coins with an S, uh, F O R, uh, cops dot net. Yeah. Coins plural for cops plural dot net. Yep. And F O R not a four. Yeah. Not the number four. <laughs> not the number four. 
Uh, and how many cops have you handed these out to? Um, so about just under 3,300 right now. My website uh, needs to be updated. Um, but it's about 3,300 now. And then I have 400 waiting, uh, for when I get home. So yeah, it'll go up again. So, um, so, so you're just citizen girl at large, uh, <laughs> petting, giving them, give them an attaboy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, a lot of people, I mean, it's amazing that the, the citizens have been so receptive as well. Um, I couldn't do this without, you know, donations or people helping me write the thank you cards. I mean, to write 3,300 cards is a lot of work. So, um, I've had a lot of help, a lot of volunteers, and I thank them immensely. You have a career along the way too. What do you do? You do, do you, what do you do for a living? <laughs> I do. I um, I'm a manager and a bartender. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I mean, yeah. we've had a bartender recently become a congressman who basically kicked the country in the balls. So I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm not. We, I'm we not like that. <laughs> we can't. Under, we can't underestimate the grit of our bartenders. <laughs> if you're a bartender up in San Francisco. No, I don't live in San. I would never live in San Francisco. Um, <laughs> I live uh, San in the middle somewhere. Okay. Yeah, right, in the middle. All right, yeah. you want everybody to know. That's fine. <laughs> I don't need people coming. To um, and have, have any of the cops proposed to you yet? Oh, all of them actually. They all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. No, no, they are very thankful though. But uh, no, uh, it is funny that I'll run into them on the street. Some of them, you know, just walking into Safeway or whatever, and. Um, when you're getting arrested, when you're out, yeah, thug, when yeah. you're out thugging, yeah, I, I really look like a thug, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and they'll be like, "Oh, you're the coins for cop squirrel," and then they'll pull it out of their pocket and they'll be like, "I carry mine with me all the time." And so they are really appreciative. I've gotten um, one department sent me two full uh, cards where everybody in the department signed their signature on it. Took two full cards to do it on front and back. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, you know, I started this thing too where. Um, Every I get a, a challenge coin from every department now. It kind of started just randomly. I didn't know it was going to happen. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool thing. So now I have all these challenge coins of my own from all these departments. Sure. And, um, and so, so what are you going to do with this? What's what's the what's the big picture? Because, you know, a lot of times these things start whimsically. Yeah. And then they either peter out or turn into something. Yeah. No, you're absolutely correct on that. And, and it is hard. Um, you know, Full disclosure, I don't have a 501c3 yet. I didn't go with that option um, right now. Um, I, I keep meticulous reports, though. Uh, every penny goes to the cops. I don't make a single dime on on this project. Um, oftentimes, I am out of pocket, um, which is fine. I, I never went into this wanting to make money. But, uh, you know, it would be nice if this could grow. I would love to be able to think every officer in the nation the problems that i will foresee is how we're going to do the cards mostly um because that's you know there's i think right now 700 and about 700,000 officers i don't know the numbers always changing right now but um in the nation that's a lot of it's a lot of cards it's a lot of cards so uh that would be the only hindrance i see of doing it and i have come up with some other options of how to not have to write all of them um i, I liked the aspect of the handwritten but if it does go bigger um that, of course you have to come up with something yeah i would have to come the, up the with trick something. is how do you find something that's got a personal touch but it's producible and scalable yeah right? that's the same with all all production and manufacturing yeah. it's always about especially anything that's got some soul to it is how can i put the secret sauce into something that's got scale <laughs> yeah you know because a famous knife maker said years ago you know making one knife is you know is, is no problem making 10 is challenging and making a thousand is oh yeah uh, Damn near fucking impossible is about what he said with his South African <laughs> accent. So, uh, 
You've been doing this for about a year, you said? Yeah, I started nearly exactly a year ago, actually, about okay. to the day. Are you down here in Arizona talking to any departments, or, or you kind of keep it local where you're at? No, no, no. I have I have coins in multitudes of states. I actually have coins here, too. Um, so, surprise... Uh, mm-hmm. police department they have they were delivered to they have about 245 officers at the time again numbers are always changing so um i know phoenix is not allowed to accept coins so i will um of course <laughs> so i won't be able to get the phoenix police department um but we are i believe trying to um get funds right now for Scottsdale Police Department. I would love to get Glendale as well. Um, those, the, I actually ran into some of those officers and, and they were very, very nice. So why can't Phoenix take coins? Are they considering a, a graft? There is a there was a provision or something put into place where they're not allowed to accept any gifts and they consider this a gift and so they're just not allowed. In fact, there was a How about an award? Are they allowed to get a, an award? With a <laughs> That's why I said it the zero other Zero <laughs> stated value. Yeah, that's why I said that the other uh, couple minutes ago. I called it an award because, yeah, there are some departments that absolutely will not take um, gifts. I I think that one is so shut off right now. Unless you know somebody, uh, I probably can't. Because I have asked quite a few people about kind of <laughs> going through the loophole, if you will, and it's not working. But we're trying to get Scottsdale right now, and I need to raise, I believe, around $3,500 to, to adopt that department because they have a pretty... Uh, sizable amount. I think they have around, I think around 700 officers okay. in Scottsdale. So that's my next uh, project for Arizona. But I have coins in, I think, nine different states right now, um, as well as Japan. Japan's got five of my coins right Oh, now. that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that was really neat. I got a, um, somebody contacted me um, on my website, which is easy to do. And um, he wrote in, he goes, hey, I'm, I'm military. i am been stationed in Japan. I work with the police officers here. And would you send me coins to Japan so I could give it to him? So that was really neat. That was, that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and, and, and are, are, you, are you up to anything else? You said you wrote a paper. Who was the paper for you wrote? Oh, I, I'm just, I'm very passionate about our Second Amendment. I'm, I'm passionate about all of our rights. Um, I wish more people knew more about our Constitution and, and what, it actually says and what rights it actually you know gives us um i'm stunned by how many people call themselves constitutionalists and like to quote parts of it who've never actually read it yeah i find kind of funny so so are you uh doing some activism uh yeah i don't like using that word because it's got such a bad (laughs) reputation with it i i lobbying um, sure (laughs) i i do a lot of um advocacy yeah advocacy yeah i like that one better um yeah, I do a lot of, so uh, in California, we tried to to promote uh, school choice and get it on the ballot. So I was, uh, I, I was helped out quite a lot with that movement. Um, it didn't work this time, but we, we'll keep trying on it. The school choice is, I think, very important, especially now. You know, one of the things I'm seeing with school choice is they're changing the name of it. Okay. Um, I'm seeing this uh, uh, dollars attached to students phrase. Okay. The, the, the money's mobile with the student. Mm-hmm. And which nuances the language a little bit, and it gets away from the partisan labeling. Oh, that's yeah, it's that's kind of interesting. Yeah, so that I've is had, interesting. I've had some advocates in uh, who are doing stuff at the national level here for school, what we used to call school choice. Yeah, but they're talking about the total economic package around a student. So you have your municipal property taxes. Yeah, a component of that. Yeah, you have some state money, and then you have your federal dollars, and uh, that total package 
maybe it's $14,000 per student in Arizona. And it's fascinating when I talk to teachers who have 32 kids in their class Mm -hmm. and they have $14,000 of funding per student. I ask them to do the math and they kind of look at me with a blank look on their face. And I go, you know, that's the real money flowing around here. Yeah. How much of that are you seeing? So before you come hit me up for more taxes and say that I'm against education, Mm -hmm. maybe some accounting. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. It is. The whole thing is really cool. And I, you know, I got pretty involved in it. And so I learned a lot about what California was doing and, and um, the the pieces that they had in their initiative were pretty incredible and a little bit different than some other states. And, you know, I would love it if the leads of all these states could get together and actually have a meeting on on how to improve it in each state, because I know each state is working on their own. Um, California's was actually pretty comprehensive. And one of the things that it did, or it was going to allow for, was that if you didn't use it, you didn't lose it. So like with a voucher program, it's kind of like, you don't you don't get to keep anything with this one. So for example, uh, in California with the $14,000 a year to go to a school, if you chose a school uh, that was 10,000, the 4,000 would accumulate, you would not lose the money. Oh, right. Yeah. And then you could use that money to go to college if you or trade school, whatever you preferred, and you did oh, not have to stay in California. That was the cool part of you know, it. It's crazy. I, you know, <laughs> people kind of lose sight of this. There's so much creative good thinking in California that is completely tramped down by the leftist hegemony in the state yeah um they've rigged the entire system there to be pro-party instead of pro-citizen and it it's it's quelling creativity in the most creative state that's probably ever existed there's never been a more creative place yeah except maybe texas now (laughs) except maybe not for i mean california's killed it's 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 uh hampered the it's great gift yeah. It was all this wonderful storytelling and creativity and thinking outside the box. And it was the place everybody went to get was, a chance to do it right. You know what I mean? It was. It was the dream state. It was. And now there's mass exodus. I mean, you've heard the the reports. You can't even get a U-Haul right now because so many people are leaving. And it's, it is... it is. Yeah, you can get hired in all of these Western states to drive empty U-Hauls back to California. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Bizarre. Um, and it's so sad, too, because, you know, I... I, there's aspects of California I absolutely love, but it's it's getting to a point now. You know, I'm I'm thinking about running for school board in that in the area that I live in because you know I think people do need to realize that it's all local. Yep. You know, we need to fix everything at the local level, and that includes your school boards or city councils. And you know, I, I, I that's another thing that's been very frustrating where I live is we have you know we we have a group of of conservative people that that I'm hang around with um and they all complain and a lot of them don't run and it's very hard for me and i'm like you guys need to run and 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 i get it everybody's got their own life and and it is a lot of work you got to campaign and you've got to do all this and then you've got to put your time in to go to meetings and read the books and all of it so i get that it's a time thing but it's at the you know at what cost i mean this is our country and we have we have to take it back you know i've been saying this for quite some time now um you know and I, I see things from a male perspective clearly because of, you know, my shoes and hairdo. But <laughs> there's a – guys want to earn money during their income years. And if they do run for office, they want to run for these big boy offices. And if someone said to me right now, hey, Greg, you know, and I've had some whispers. Uh, hey, Greg, we're interested in having you run for the this this congressional seat in Arizona. You'd and be good. 
I, 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 I said, fuck no. Do I want to be one of 435 nugget heads who can't get anything done? Not interested. Governor of Arizona? I'm down for that. And I'm probably down for that. Yeah. But I'm not down for being one of the, you know. And, and so what would you like to do then? Well, I either want to be governor of Arizona or I want to be head of the schools. Okay. I mean, it's two things. Because one is the game now in the bully pulpit and the other one is the long war. And the long war is the schools. That's yeah. how we win. You're absolutely correct. And in, in, in the school system right now is is beyond broken. It's absolutely beyond broken. Because um, we've relegated it to leftist and partisan uh, union-oriented teacher. It's teacher union leftist oriented it yeah. is not student oriented we've abandoned the mission yeah they well we abandoned it a long time ago so uh history for you i was also a teacher that's actually what i went to school for um i was a biology teacher so um and and this was back in the 2010 to 15 time period and and things were starting then i started noticing things then and in, in fact um <laughs> that's kind of why I left. Um, but it is true. And I started seeing the qualifications of teachers having, uh, coming down. Um, it wasn't about how good of a teacher you are anymore. It was more about what we're seeing now, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so our school system is so broken and I know homeschooling is going up and it's hard for a lot of parents to do the homeschool thing, but my goodness, yeah, it's I, Herculean. it is in, and, and that's the hard part, and that's why things like school choice or dollars following following kids now is, is so important. It does change things. It changes, you know, it, it makes the parents and the students the customer again, which is what they sh always right. should have been. Right. I mean, I don't know how many people came to me when I was doing the school choice thing, and they're like, I've sent five emails, and nobody responds to me. Nobody calls oh, me back. Oh, listen, this COVID thing was a hall pass to laziness. And so now they've just got us blocked off. Now, look, at I'm against the schools being locked down, and I actually have young kids in school right now. And I'm against it because they lock the parents out too. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't, I mean, do I think schools should be open access from all areas? No. Do, but something has happened when they lock the doors and they put that gunproof barrier across the office and they have all the doors locked and you have to sign in, sign out. Starts to have a little bit more of, hey, it's us versus you, and we'll give you permission to come in. Your kids are our responsibility. There's a mental thing that's happened. Yeah. And the teachers now don't respond as much. And I remember from before when they did, you could poke your head in any time. Hey, Mrs. Smith, can I talk to you for a minute? As annoying as that may be, <laughs> there was so much accountability, they couldn't get off the rails. There's no accountability now. Yeah, and, and the things that they're teaching our kids, kids have no, I mean, just there's no business learning this stuff at their ages. Um, I don't think school, personally, I don't think school is a place that kids should be learning about sex at all. I think that is wrong, especially with, but you know, at least until high school. I mean, I remember our sex ed class and it was very basic. Here's this, here's that, and done with it, right? Um, but now, I mean, this push, I think is the most... Uh, Criminal. I think it's criminal, personally. And I asked, uh, I asked my friends this the other day. I was like, okay, we're in a park, and you find a kid, and you go up and you show them a book with drawings of people having intercourse of any kind, and the kid's five years old, and you say, hey, come, 
comes... Appropriate, not appropriate. Yeah. And what would happen to you if you went to a park and did that? I mean, that is criminal behavior. You'd be arrested. Right. But we're doing it in our schools right. on, a, on a much bigger level. I mean, you, you see these things coming out um, where p- parents are taking pictures of their kids' assignments. Have you seen this uh, documentary that's just popped out called What is a Girl or What is a Woman? What is a Woman, uh, yeah, on Daily Wire, I believe, uh, yeah. from Matt Walsh. I haven't seen it yet. We're probably going to watch it uh, I heard tomorrow. about it yesterday, yeah. and I was just getting some anecdotal you know, descriptions of it, and I was like, oh, my God, because there's stuff going on that's bananas. And what's crazy is when you interview people doing bananas stuff, they're like, they're pie-eyed about it, and they're like, oh, yeah. Well, we make sure, you know, the first, well, all we're doing is hitting pause on their gender uh, development. You're like, whoa, hold on a sec. What did that person just say? Yeah. It was like a doctor. <laughs> and saying, oh, we're just hitting pause and they're, well, why are you doing this? Well, their parents don't want them to be oppressed by their gender development. And you're like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. What did you just say? And they're saying, and they're like, oh, yeah, you can interview me. I'm on the record. Sounds good. Go ahead. Is the mic on? Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. We don't want the kids, you know they're gender developing it's bananas bananas it's awful it is it is the most reprehensible thing i've ever seen is the sexualization of children and and this confusion and i think it's done on purpose personally because disney sides with it of course they do what the fuck like what i like i love disney i want to take my kids to disney again and after they sided against the state of Florida and the citizens of Florida on they call it the don't say gay law it wasn't no there was not even that word in the entire bill and it all uh, that was bananas well it's a lie it's another propaganda piece put on by the media and and the thing is that people I I hope are starting to realize is they use the same tactics they always use you say a lie enough and it becomes truth I mean it it doesn't mean it becomes truth it just means that's what people believe in it's the perception of the perception of truth and you know to this day people come up to me they're like oh well don't say gay bill I go it doesn't say that it has nothing to do with gay or not gay. It says no sex at all to be taught to kindergarten through third graders. You want to teach sex to third graders? How Are about you kindergartners? Should we be talking about sex ed with kindergartners? We shouldn't be talking about it with any right. child. This is wrong no, to a whole other level. We should make sure they know not to wipe their boogers on their headboard <laughs> when they're in kindergarten. Yeah. These are more valuable life skills. And the kids don't even know what you're talking about. No. I taught first graders for, I, I had a long-term sub position with first graders. And I'll tell you what, I love that you brought up the boogers because that's like one of the funniest things to them. They think it's hilarious and they wipe it on each other. And oh, it's boogers great. and farting and <laughs> yeah. body stuff. So, you can call that stuff. And that's straight. what they should do. Right. They're kids. I I had a I had a conference with my junior my junior high schoolers uh, principal and a couple of teachers. A lot of kids' math has been suffering because they can liberal arts gloss over the humanities of school, but they can't gloss over math. And so math's been rough on the kids. I mean, literally, there were seventh graders who haven't had a full year of school since fourth grade. Right? It's it's fifth and sixth, completely screwed up. Yeah. Part of, you know, and, and so they are lacking this everyday, consistent mm-hmm. math teacher over the shoulder doing the math. You know, math is one of those things you can't fake. Yeah, and, and they have actually brought all of their garbage into math classes as well. They've dumbed down our math classes. I mean... Well, I was, what I was going to say is I sat with one of the teachers. I had two teachers come in, and one of them, very professional, first-year teacher, hopeful, organized. She's got her her dossier. <laughs> um, very nice gal, and I sat and talked to her, and I could tell she was in over her head. 
And I said, hey, listen, I'm sorry for you. I, I know you haven't had good mentorship. I know the senior cadre is gone. I know that you're hearing a lot of, you just keep doing and call more, get involved more. Don't hold the test back because you're worried about fourth graders passing on next year's test to the fifth yeah. graders. Change the test. It's okay. Move the numbers around. So I need to have the test back so I can see what he did well, mm -hmm. and what he didn't do well. And then if I've got a tutor for him or mathnasium or I'm going to help him, I know where he's got a weakness. Yeah. You guys can't keep the tests from us. And and like, oh, okay. And I said to the principal, and she's like, oh, I didn't know they were doing that. Okay. And then the, the English teacher, blue hair, oh, look, fat girl, blue hair, rainbow bracelet, gross. <laughs> I don't want to see your fucking rainbow bracelet and your blue hair in English class. When I, my English teacher, they were, they, they were perfect semi-professional dress they were detail oriented and they were demanding taskmasters yes. they were not loose hippie projecting their personal views i had no idea what my english teacher's political spectrum was or who they even were married to or anything they i didn't never even know if they were married. yeah, yeah. none of that stuff and, and they would never wear jeans and a rainbow bracelet and they wouldn't even be allowed yeah, they wouldn't even be allowed in the gals wore heels for god's sake i mean i looked at them i was like oh <laughs> these are professional badass women yeah that's what i thought and, and I, honestly some of them scared me they, they were like serious and they were like big on grammar and they were like, yes. well, they'd pinch you if you said something incorrectly. You know, you just kind of sparked something. You, so when I was a teacher, it was interesting. I, I, I won't say the name of the school uh, that I taught at, but let's just say they had a very low bar for these kids. And this goes back to the whole mental health thing. If we're, if we're kind of coming back around, I won't say circle back because I hate that term now. But um, yeah, Peppermint Patty yeah, ruined that. Peppermint Patty ruined that. But, um, but, I, I miss her now, though. Right. Because the new one it's... is awful. <laughs> oh, sick. but I don't know how you pitch this White House. They're so bad. Oh, I know. It's it's just one gaff after another. Okay, back to your school. Okay, so, but what I you know going back to this mental health thing, this is something that I think never gets discussed. In fact, I just thought about it. You sparked something in me. In um, I sparked something in you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, so um, you know when I got there, the kids that I was teaching were getting. D's, the teacher before me, um, you know, watched a lot of movies. There wasn't a lot of, of uh, learning. I was a science teacher, remember? So, uh, um, so when I got them and I was like the teacher you were just describing, I was very professional. I demanded a lot. And um, for the first two months, I got so much. And, and to be honest, the, the, the behavior of the kids was awful. I used to go home and cry every night. And I made all my own curriculum. We were actually a... Um, they called us a kit school. So the government gave us the the garbage lesson plans and I, yep. I didn't do any of it. Um, but anyway, it was interesting because in this mental health thing, we're, we're asking so little of kids anymore. They don't have anything to strive for. They don't right. have anything to feel good about. And when you don't learn and you're not uh, getting better, I think it also creates mental health and it also creates even more depression and problems in these kids because let's let me tell you what happened at this two month mark after constantly keeping demanding all of a sudden they rose they rose the behavior was night and day they would come to class they'd be excited they put their papers out they'd be excited what are we learning today miss l and all this stuff and it, it was it was fantastic and i think that's part of what's happening today too we're of not demanding anything from these kids of they're not expected to of do of course anything. it is and and so my you know my daughter learned very early on um, she's a super top performer, one of those uber kids you could throw in a hole with books and they come out and know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, and I and I don't brag about it. I'm like, I don't give a shit how smart you are. Work your ass off. That's more important. And uh, if you happen to be smart, well, awesome. Great things will happen. But work your ass off. Um, the teachers that came out of the gate that she didn't like, math teachers who were ball busters, they ended up being her favorites. Right. And I always told her, I said, lean in to what's wrong. Sure. Lean in to what you think's wrong. Lean in. And uh, we, we, we're, we're lacking that everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so kids don't actually attain anything. They're not rising. They know it. They feel the internal emotional malaise. Yes. You know, you're absolutely correct. That's a great way of putting it. There's nothing worse. Imagine a, you ever say to a significant other, maybe somebody you're dating, how was your day at work today? Oh, I couldn't get anything done. It's fucking depressing. It is, and it's upsetting. Imagine school years where you don't feel like you just got anything done. And and they don't know it yet because they don't have that historical data point to judge what's going on they're just caught in the malaise and they don't know why right and you know so i tell teachers all the time oh i can't do this i can't do that i go hey listen bullshit they're not gonna fire you oh this i go they're not gonna fire you be a baller you don't need to be a billionaire to be a baller (laughs) just be a baller being a baller is you can't touch me Mm -hmm. I, i will do the right thing you can't touch me oh don't do that you could get in trouble you can't touch me oh the boss might fire you don't care do the right thing. You know, always do the right thing. And I tell these teachers, I'm like, be an awesome teacher. Don't worry about the stupid, because you know now it's Google Classrooms and, uh, uh, and and four different pieces of software to reach in and see what's going on. And the teachers think because they entered everything in their database that the student has the feedback. And I'm like, how many of you students are failing right now? When's the last time you called someone? We had struggling grades all year long in math with my son. And I had him in mathnasium, and I push, and I get mm-hmm. involved. Not a single call from the teacher. Not one. Yeah, and I, that's a good point. That's and a very good point. So we sat down at the eight-month mark, and I said, look, you haven't called us once. This is a human thing. Mm-hmm. Are you putting it in Google Classroom doesn't mean shit to me, or Infinite Campus, or all these different little modules the schools buy into yeah. for the, all this data reporting. I go, that's good for the boss to have some data. It's not good for the teaching. And what we saw was the high-end schools, the private schools, are paper-based and textbook-based. They're not digital-based. Good. I think this digital world takes takes the human aspect out of it. Accountability. You're, yeah. So the teacher is stuck filling in all this stuff on a screen, doing all this work, instead of talking to parents. Yeah, and it is good to get the parents. I mean, I must have been on, I don't know how many phone calls when I was a teacher, and, and it's true. And, and that it's, That's the job. But it also builds relationships with your student. You know, I had students at first, don't call my parents. I go, but I care enough to call your parents because we need to figure out something. This is not you getting in trouble. How can we fix this? I want you, you know, and you're exactly right. And it is so sad. Um, I, I've, I'm very worried for these kids and what our future holds with them because of everything we're doing to them. I think we have given these kids such, we've done such a disservice to them. It's going on really badly right now, and it's almost like we were to re- write a PSYOPs counterinsurgency campaign on how to collapse a country that we want to kill. It's going on right now. There is a PSYOPs counterinsurgency campaign. The question is, who's doing it? And where's the money coming from? And are we funding it ourselves? I think a lot, unfortunately. I do think there's outside sources, but there is. Yeah. There's a bunch. <laughs> yeah. And so, but we can't say it or this, you know, these venues will pull me down. And it's amazing. 
Well, listen, mm -hmm. uh, pleasure having you in. You have any grand solutions you'd like to throw before we jump off today? Um, just everybody continue to work together. I think that's the big thing. Talk, work together, do what you can to um, benefit your communities um, and be brave. I mean, in, in the times that we're now, be brave. If it means wearing a shirt, I didn't see the shirt you were talking about earlier, um, but if that means wearing a shirt so you can get your message out, do that without fear. I mean, it's hard nowadays, but but there are a lot of us that, that still want and love this country and, and want it to be saved. And so we just need to work together. Well, I believe it was uh, Socrates who said that when asked by his students, what is the most important trait of man? Is it truth? Is it justice? Is it honor? Is it, what is it? What is it, Socrates? And he says, it's bravery. And you just mentioned it. Why bravery? Why bravery? Why is it we value the soldier, the valiant soldier who comes home from war? Why is it we value the quarterback, the player who does the great play? Because without bravery and courage, there is no truth and there is no justice and there is no morality and there is no culture. Bravery is the most important of all human traits because without it, there is no space for the largesse of being right. It's just might at that point, right? It's yeah. just who's, who's toughest. And uh, that's no bueno. Well, uh, appreciate you coming in and chatting with us. Uh, uh, thank you guys for stopping in the show. I hope you enjoy. We'll be bringing in a plethora of people from a lot of different backgrounds over this season. And uh, I hope you guys dig it. That's a Greg Medford show. Now, if you're here watching this, you might be catching part of this on YouTube. Go over to, well, go down, hit the, you know, smash the like button or the thumb thing or whatever. I don't know what it is anymore, but just like it. And then you can go over, if you want to see these shows unedited, you can go to Rumble, Spotify, or iTunes at this point, put in the Greg Medford Show, and we pop right up. Thanks very much for coming in today, and Thank uh, that's it. That's a wrap. I'm out.